Welcome to the Shoulder Strikes MMA Podcast. You are now listening to the Hot Take Hot Box. Welcome to the Shoulder Strikes MMA Podcast. You are now listening to the Hot Take Hot Box. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. Shoulder Strikes MMA Podcast. Brought to you by the Hot Take Hot Box. My name is Matt McSweeney. I am joined here by Ty Capone, who's taking down some bagel bites. Uh, yep. At least was in the pre-show. Ty, how are you feeling today? Well, my back is killing me. I'm not sure why. I think I'm getting old. Hey, it's um, part of the game, man. I was standing up, getting ready for work yesterday, and then my back just starts going out. I don't know what happened. It's I, all these units, dude. All these units that are on your mind at all times, they're just starting to it's... eat away at you. <laughs> yeah. It's the pressure of my bank account being in the triple negatives <laughs> soon. Me declaring bankruptcy and living under the bridge that is a, a short walk from my current apartment. But but always bet responsibly, we'll ladies and gentlemen, uh, as always. Uh, we have a fight card this weekend. We have a fight card to talk about. That's why we're here, uh, as far as many of you have already tuned in know that. We have a UFC Las Vegas from the Virgin Hotel. Since we're not doing it at the Apex, because the Apex is being used. For what, you ask? That's right. Yeah, what, what, what's a, what, what That's right. The power slap finale will be uh, the finale, even though it just started. Even though it just started, and some of those <laughs> those criminals uh, that that they have on that show uh, will be <laughs> literal, literal criminals, criminals. <laughs> and people who are wanted by the law are involved in that, and that will be happening this weekend. I know you all will be watching that on the Rumble app or whatever the fuck that is. <laughs> We How many won't times be- do you think Slap Jesus has been arrested? Yes. Yeah, I mean, there, there's people doing – I love how they're, like, testing positive for cocaine. Like, not like, – want those people on coke. I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, why, why would you test for anything in Power Slap? Yeah, we want the juice the I mean, this is, what a disgusting event that is, but – Is it but, worse than Knucklemania? Then what? Knucklemania? Nah, Knucklemania. One, two, three, or nah, four. Nah, Knucklemania has a little bit of uh, yeah, good juice, to it. right? It had, yeah, it had like a Czech Congo Pat Barry fight. Yeah, I mean, then you have the, those two lit. dudes fight, fighting at the press conference. You had a little Mike Perry action at one point. I mean, pretty soon Knucklemania <laughs> five or four is going to have Luke Rockhold and Mike. It's going to be oh, great. We might have oh, a live man, show. I night. can't wait for that. I can't wait for that. Luke Rockhold's going to sleep 100. Find your find your bookie and bet against him. Yeah, I, I can't wait. It's a cla- you know, golden chin, the golden chin. But we have a car. We have 14 fights to talk about here, so we're gonna try and run through them as quick as possible to get our picks and plays and everything of that nature out there. First, we have Peter Jan, Peter Jan, uh, if you are completely Russian, is fighting Marab Davishvili, who uh, these guys are two of the top ranked guys in the in the world. I know Peter Jan's what two. One, two, three. He's he's two. Davishvili's three. So this is uh, pretty much a, a number one contenders fight, usually in, in theory. But if Jan were to win, it doesn't really do much for him because uh, he's going to have to you know wait for Sterling to lose the belt or Sterling to run through a couple of these other guys and Should whatnot. But mainly, what we're here to talk about is who's going to win this fight on Saturday. Vegas thinks that Peter Jan's going to win the fight. He's minus two seventy five, two sixty. Marab is a plus two ten, two hundred underdog. Marab is obviously going to come out here and try and wrestle and you push the cardio on Peter Jan. I don't know if that's going to work. My instinct tells me that Peter Jan wins this fight. I just don't know how. I guess I'd ask you how you view this one. Um, yeah, I think, you know, I think Peter Jan, I mean, I guess he lost. 
I, I still don't know if he lost that second uh, Aljo fight. I think the fir- the second and third were Aljo rounds, the fourth and fifth were Jan. It all comes down to the first. But Jan only got taken down, I think, twice. <clears throat> uh, the problem was when he got taken down, he got his back taken and kind of held held there for pretty much the entirety of that of those uh, second third rounds. But I don't know, man. I think he you know he got six takedowns himself on Sean Sean O'Malley. Yeah. Um, he got seven on Aljo the first time. Uh, he took down Jose Aldo, which is very, very hard to do. He took down uh, Uri Faber a couple times. Took down Jimmy Rivera, John Dodson, uh, Douglas. Pretty much everybody he's fought almost that he hasn't finished early. So I, I don't. I just don't trust him, Rob. I don't like the way he fights. Um, I, I don't. I think he's very uncomfortable standing up. Um, I don't think he has much, much of finishing upside. So you know, is he going to win three, three out of five rounds against? Peter Jan, I really don't know. I don't even know if he would make it the full, the full length. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know if Jan gets him out of there. I, I, I think he might. Uh, he's bigger, hits harder, quicker, stronger, younger. Um, and he hasn't had a finish since I think what the Aldo fight, and that was at the very, very, very end. I think I could see that happening again. I mean, I love Peter Jan. I think you know his output's great. The Sean O'Malley fight was a banger. Um, he took Sean's biggest shots, came back, gave him his best. It could have went either way. I think when I look back and rewatch, I think I had Sean winning. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go Piotr Jan. I think he's probably gonna get it done inside the distance, but I'm not gonna bet anything because it could be a you know gr- a grind fest, if you will. Marab's gonna go for takedowns. He goes for you know he doesn't care how many he shoots. I think against Jose Aldo, he shot 16 times and he was 0 for 16. Um, so yeah, it's not like it's Marlon Marais in here where you can I take will somebody never down forget that fight. I was just gonna say I was about to bring that up. I, that Marlon um, Marais fight was one of a kind. I mean, he was doing the chicken dance all over that octagon during that fight. That that's what I guess gives me like the, I am for the record. I'll just get it out there before I explain it. Taking Yan inside the distance plus two thirty. That number is I think excellent for a five round fight. Um. The decision is a plus 120, 110. Uh, and uh, listen, I know a lot of people out there tell me, um, you know, like I don't blame you at all if you were to take, like, say, Jan, and then you, we go through a couple of these uh, money lines, and you just like the money lines and you just want to play like a parlay or something. That's a, a good way to make money. We don't do that on here just because it would get yeah. too crazy if we started tracking all these different parlays and getting the right number and all that different shit. So we just play, we just play props and all this stuff straight up. But I would encourage people to do stuff like that. Play play a parlay with Jan and I don't know, uh, maybe even Span because that's we, that's one another guy I like on this because I like them in a I like them in a five rounder. I definitely like them in a three rounder. So we'll get into that. But I just think Peter Jan, his matchup, th- this matchup, his style is perfect to thwart or stop the momentum of Davish Feely. Davish Feely is going to keep coming forward. He's going to keep shooting uh, and he's going to keep trying to push the pace, and I think Peter Jan is going to have the power, the wrestling defense, and the ability to keep this fight wherever he really wants it to to go down. Like you said, he's not uncomfortable wrestling. He was taking Sterling down, and he was kind of having his way, especially in that first fight with him. The second fight, you know, Sterling was able to backpack him and hold him down, but he really didn't do much with it. It was more just him holding position and, hold, and staying there for dear life. I just think Peter Jan is at some point going to... I think Davishvili is going to take a certain amount of punishment 
on entry and com- coming into the pocket and trying to get those takedowns where it's going to add up. And I think a third, fourth, or fifth round finish for Peter Yan is uh, what I'm predicting. But uh, I-, I just think I- I- seeing the way Davishvili got hurt by Marlon Marais, and Marlon Marais was obviously not that guy, and he, he um, Marlon Marais almost had him done. He almost had him dead to rights. And that was, you know, he, he was, what? Uh, he, he had lost two in a row already. He had been wheel kicked and, and, and finished by Rob Font. Uh, you know, uh, listen, all, all I'm saying is give me Peter Yan, give me inside the distance plus 230 and put it on my card. So, Bang, lock it in. Alexander Volkov. Getting back in there against Alexander Romanov. You know, a battle of the Alexanders. Uh, he just finished Jarzinho, uh in June of last year with a, a fight card. He was. They were the main. They were the main event. That was. Uh, I don't know. Where was I? Was I watching this? I probably was because I'm a fucking degenerate. But oh, that's right. Yeah, Movistar Evilev and Dan Ige. Evilev just cooked them. Um, I guess I'll ask you uh, on this one. Do you really? I mean. Volkov is a is a little bit of an underdog at plus one thirty. Uh, are you a big Romanov guy? No, not really. Um, it seems like a good Bora. matchup for Romanov if if he was ever to. I mean, I guess he's much the the length of Volkov will present problems, but I mean, I don't know why why Volkov's the underdog here. I think it's because when he gets taken down, uh, he gets he, he's he's. He's so tall and long, it's, it's good for him, but it also works against him. He can be grabbed, he can be picked up, he can be slammed, and he can be laid on. And those are that's that kind of goes right, plays right into Alexander Romanov's game. I think Romanov might only have like a round and a half of gas tank in him before he wilts and slows down, but I don't know if Volkov lasts that, that long. I mean, he has 10 losses, five decision, five finish. Um, I, you know, Tom Asimov is a high-level grappler and wrestler and whatnot. Especially at heavyweight, but the the way he cut through Volkov so easily, Curtis Blades took him down. I forget how many times. Um, Fourteen times. So I know there's a five round fight, but I think this kind of he it's kind of a bad matchup for him stylistically. You know, um, I don't. Again, I really don't love Romanov, and I I think fading him has worked almost worked before. Uh, the Juan Espino fight, he probably should have lost. I don't know. It got real dicey. Um, but, you know, Wasn't he the one where he, he like, kicked him in the nuts or something like that, and they stopped the fight, yeah. and then they went to the car. like a minute left or something. Yeah. yeah. So, I really have, I, I you know, Volkov's getting up there in age. Um, I, I, he gets up sometimes, for sure. Like, he's, he got up a bunch of times against uh, Curtis Blades, but. When he's like flat on his back, and Romanov's a big, strong dude. I know he's shorter, but you can kind of just lay on him and, and pass him, and you know, I don't know. I don't, I don't think Volkov's really, uh, really got it in him anymore. I think he, I think Romanov's more like Curtis Blades than he is like Tybora. And when Volkov uh, fought Tybora, he didn't really have any problems with the takedowns or with the anything really. He, he dominated Martin Tybora, but. Different kind of matchup. MMA math doesn't work, as you know. Um, I know Volkov, you know, did pretty well against Cyril Gaon when they fought, but again, this is a different kind of fighter, different kind of opponent. Uh, Romanov, super strong. I think he's going to pick him up, get some kind of big slam in the first, and then maybe get his back from there. Um, uh, so I'm going to take Romanov inside the distance. Put it on the card, huh? 
Yeah. How about it? Plus 115 for you. So Romanov inside the distance. Um, I don't really, to be honest, like anything here. So I'm probably going to stay away. But I really, I know it's killing me, but I really want to take Volkov money line, but I have too many shots on the field that I'm taking. So I'm going to hold off. I might come, I might double back by the end of this podcast and take that. I would look at live betting Volkov after the first, depending on how they, you know, how they look. I really want to bet live bet Marc-Andre Barrio at the end of the first round in the, in the most recent fight card, because it kind of just like looked obvious what you were seeing, you know? Yeah. Anytime a guy pretty much wins like the last 30 seconds of the round, but loses the first 430 of the round, I feel like that's a good spot to live bet a guy. And also, you know, anytime Romanov gets out of the first round, it does get dicey, even in his wins. So, um, but I, I just, you know, I don't think the durability is there for Volkov as, as much as it, you know, it isn't there for Romanov. I, I think Volkov's pretty much past it. Um, especially against a power wrestler, a power grappler, uh, an aggressive guy who goes for the finish. So that's uh, that's where I where I sit here. Yeah, I'm just going to stay away. Um, but, yeah, it, like, it's just kind of – I could see it going either way. I'm trying to stop myself from betting 16 uh, fights every night. Or, uh, you know, uh, the Arujo card, the Arujo fight really uh, hurt me last week, man. That, I would have I yeah. probably had a right near positive – if I didn't double down on her and get smoked. But, yeah, no, like, I guess I don't really trust, like, because I guess I can't get the taste out of my mouth from the Romanov-Tibora fight. And that's just, I don't know, like, I guess it's just, that's just a matchup sort of situation and that Romanov should have no problem taking Volkov down and having his way with him. But, I I don't know, I always worry about betting against the vets sometimes. But, how about Nikita Krylov, Ryan Spann, uh, this was supposed to happen uh, the f- what the fourth, or no? I'm sorry, the the weekend before that. That that fourth was last weekend. The weekend before that was Ryan Span Nikita Krylov main event. That got canceled because Krylov had the sniffles. No, I'm just kidding. He had food poisoning uh, or something along those lines coming to the event, and he was not able to fight. They canceled it during the main card. This fight will be three rounds as opposed to the five rounds that they have been training for. It will happen at two fifteen. A catch weight because, you know, cutting weight that, uh, and, you know, in that short of period is, uh, I guess, difficult. It, you know, it seem, seems difficult. So I got, imagine that's why the weight is adjusted. But same, basically the same line as last time. Krilov is a minus 175, 180 favorite. Span is a plus 145, 150 underdog. Ty, what do you like here? Um... I think I'm probably leaning Krilov inside the distance. Wow. I think the under the under could be a play. Um, not that it's probably high at, at all. I just think Krilov is probably smarter. Yeah, under one and a half is minus one seventy. That's not even really that good. But I think Span's just easy to hurt. Span's been hurt a lot. He doesn't really win minutes or rounds well. This being a three round fight, I, I guess it's more likely to go the distance, but. I, I don't really know if it does. I think both guys can are pretty much uh, finished or get finished. You know, I think Krilov has had his, you know, has had his uh, fair share of moments himself. He's been subbed six times. Uh, Paul Craig, who else? Uh, Jan Blahovich, Misha Serkinov. I mean, these are you know kind of high level guys. OSP got him in a Von Flew, but who hasn't um, been Von Flew by that guy? 
Yeah, who hasn't been involved with him? You know, Ryan right. Span though. Ryan Span though, he's been. Uh, you know, he has how many losses does he have? Seven losses, two decision, two submissions, three knockout. All three knockouts came in the same exact fashion: elbows um, on a takedown attempt. Very specific way to get finished. Three different times. Johnny Walker did it. Carl Roberson did it like 10, 15 seconds into the contender series fight. And um, it happened on the regional scene. Brandon Farron, Farron, 20 seconds in. He, you know, I know training with Safe Sayud has has really helped him. And he's saying he's taking the fight, fighting game and camp seriously. I think that's a little bit of bullshit when people say shit like that. Yeah. Like Sirogan and uh, I remember Matthew Holloway for the second Volk fight said he took a, he did a champ camp over Zoom or whatever the fuck he called it. Uh, it's just a bunch of bullshit, I think, most of the time. Um, Ryan Spann's a bit, you know, he's a very volatile. It's hard to really predict him. He's he's also, um, he's, he's kind of a weird, interesting person, character-wise. Uh, it seemed like he didn't really love fighting and, you know, would quit, look look for the way out easily. But again, training with Safe Sayu and them, he's you know, he's he's a huge, really big I don't even know how he makes two oh five. I guess this is at two fifteen, right? Um both are big boys. And I don't know, man, I I think Krolov's probably just just uh the better guy, the better fighter, the better maybe not everything, but I think Span is very exp- explosive. I think he uh, has a good straight right, he has really good power. And his everything, knees, kicks, uh, punches. He has a, gr- a really nice feed team. So Krilov tries shooting and, you know, leaves his spin out there. It's happened to him before. Maybe Span can, can cinch up a guillotine. But uh, I like Krilov to get it done inside the distance. I think either guy is live for a finish. I think, you know, if you do draft kings or anything, you can't go wrong here. Um, I'm going to go Krilov. I think he's better, smarter. I don't know if he's younger. I know he's only 30. Uh, I think, yeah, yeah I think he's I'm sure he is younger. He's younger so, by a couple years. So, yeah, I think he's going to get it done. Putting it on the card. Yep. Krilov inside the distance at minus 110. I like it. Even money. I'm going Span inside the distance at plus 190. Uh, Ty is ch- turning his back on Ryan Span after having him a couple weeks ago at, yep. at, at plus 165 inside the distance. I am going to go and take his bet. And I'm going to reverse. I had money line. Steal I, it. I'm going to go and It'll play. It'll probably hit now for you. Yep. It wouldn't hit for me, though. It'll probably, the money line will probably hit, and none of us will win. So that's usually how that goes. <laughs> Give me the plus one. With a three-round yeah, ruling Our absolute war where he's just wrestle-fucking Nikita Krylov. <laughs> so that, that's probably what's going to happen. Unbelievable. Um, yeah, give me the plus 190. I just think, like you said, it, Ryan Spann is just a um, – it's going to be finished or get finished. So it, I think one of us win here. I, I, I don't know who – but like like we just said, it's usually when you say something like that, it goes okay. You know, yeah, that's what you think. Ryan Span goes to war and wins a wrestle fest, or Nikita Krylov has the most technical, incredible night of his of his career. So, Ricardo Hamos, Austin Lingo. Uh, we got plus two sixty for Austin Lingo. Ricardo Hamos is pl- uh, minus three sixty. Uh, I don't know if I really uh, like anything here, to be honest. Uh, I mean, I, I'm I like Ricardo Hamos, but uh, I mean, I don't really know much about Mr. Lingo. Uh, do you, are you aware of him, Mr. Lingo's work? He hasn't fought in quite some time, like a year and a half, two years, yeah. I think. And his only two wins are Jacob Kilborn, Luis Saldana. Not very not good. good. He had a, his regional win over Solo Hatley Jr. was impressive at the time, 25 seconds, but that dude. Has proved to not be very good. Um, 
Yeah, I, I don't really like, you know, I, I like Ricardo Hamos a lot, but he's just lo- kind of low volume. He throws a lot of spinning shit, and, and you know, kind of like Saeed Nurmagomedov, where you want to see uh, better shots because you know he has power, you know he's fast. Um, he has ridiculous, <clears throat> ridic- ridiculous jujitsu. Uh, you know, Lingo did get knocked down in both those wins against Kilborn and Saldana, so he does hit kind of hard. Um, but I just don't think he's that that good. I don't think he's. I, I don't want to say he's not UFC level. If he is, I think he's like lower, lower end. I mean, look at his two wins. You know, they're pretty much bottom of the barrel as you could get. You look at somebody like Ricardo Hamos. <clears throat> He's pulled some stunts before, but he's only 27. He's already younger than both of us. Um, his last win was very impressive. His last loss, it, honestly, his losses in general aren't that bad. He did lose his tight for Magomedov. Uh, Leroy Murphy, Subaru Tukov. Uh, those are tough losses. So I just think he's the better guy. He, I, I, I really hope I don't get fucked because I bet him before to, to win it inside the distance against Bill Algio, I want to say, and he didn't get the finish. Uh, I think he gets the finish here. I'm going to bet. Let me look at the line first. I wanted to do sub, but I feel like, you know, if I do that, he's just going to knock him out. Hamos um, inside the distance, you can get a plus 130 on here. Or the submission is a plus 250 on BetMGM. So, yeah. It's your choice. Uh, I'm just going to take inside the distance. He does have power with his hands. I mean, he had a spinning back elbow. I mean, you know, landing that's not, not easy to do in the UFC, no matter. I don't care if it's Danny Chavez or not. Um, so, yeah, give me inside the distance, Ricardo Ramos. I think he gets it done. I'm going to stay away. I just don't know enough about Mr. Lingo or anything like that, so I'm going to stay you away. You don't know his lingo? No. Uh, I, I remember it was so long ago, and I just don't like the layoff like that. I don't know if he's going to be better or – I mean, more than likely he's going to be worse, and Hamos is going to get him out of there. But like you yeah. said, I don't trust Hamos. He's a very low-output kind of guy, and, you know – I mean, he's fought some of these wrestlers who have had their way with him. So uh, I don't, I don't know. I don't. I just don't trust it. So I'm gonna stay away. Saeed Nurmagomedov, seventeen and two versus Jonathan Martinez. Jonathan Martinez is a um, definitely a competent striker. He's not really necessarily a finisher. Uh, I mean, I know he finished Cub Swanson, but yeah, Cub Cub was completely cooked uh, by this time. So uh, a couple wins yeah. against Alejandro Perez, Vince Morales. Uh, you know. I don't know if that does much for me. I really do like uh, Jonathan Martinez, and I would love to fade him against an Armaga medal, but Saeed is minus 240, 270 on here, plus 210 for Jonathan Martinez. Uh, do you like anything here? Um, not really. I don't know. I, I see a lot of people talking about uh, Saeed getting a sub. I think that could happen, but you're going to have to get John Martinez to shoot on him. I, I don't know if that happens. Do you know how many... Uh, how many takedowns do you think Saeed Nurmagomedov has in his UFC career? Seven fights. Uh, probably like five. Two. Oh, my God. Two of them. And his takedown accuracy is 9%. So he's not the typical Nurmagomedov that you see. The, the thing is, though, he does have a nasty, nasty, nasty guillotine. Yeah. You saw he got it on Sa- Saeed Yukov, uh Kakramanov, got it on Cody Stamen right away. Right the fuck away. Um but again, uh, he, him and Ricardo Hamas, they do a lot of spinning shit. He knocked out Ricardo Hamas with a spinning back kick. So, um, and remember what he did to Mark Striegel, that fraud, knocked him out quick in a minute. <laughs> that guy was like 19 and 1. I mean, it's the worst, you know. He got knocked out by Chaz Skelly. Remember that? He got a need. Yep. <laughs> um, come on. 
Well, let's be real now. So I think I think, <laughs> Saeed, I, I think Saeed's pretty good. I like his hands. He's quick. Didn't Chad Skelly um, like come out of retirement for that fight too? It just killed. Yeah, him. he was like <laughs> he like came out of retirement and said he was going to retire again. And it didn't matter. Like <laughs> what a bum! What a bum! But I think you know Saeed is the better grappler. If it gets to any kind of like grappling exchange, you know, at all, I think uh, Jonathan Martinez is fucked. But Martinez higher volume. He likes to kick more than you know box. Which I, I guess could help Saeed because the way Saeed moves, I think he gets out, out of range really well. He's, he doesn't really get kicked. I think the way he kind of circles around might uh, negate whatever game plan Martinez has. I don't. I, I really don't know what to do here. It's kind of an awkward little uh, matchup. I don't love the odds either way. I think maybe uh, if you like Martinez in this matchup, maybe you take a shot on him to win like a decision. But I'm gonna stay away. I do have Saeed winning a three round decision though. Yeah, that's around plus one fifty. So split that's... decision. I think it's gonna be very close. Wow. Okay. Um, I am battling back and forth of whether I should take, <clears throat> excuse me, the inside the distance or the points because uh, I I I just think I think like you just said that this kind of style that Nurmagomedov has is perfect to counteract what Martinez likes to do. Martinez kind of likes to just like you said throw kicks. Strike. He doesn't really. I mean, he. I, I. I wonder if he'll have trouble controlling the octagon against um, Saeed. I think Saeed, like like you said, he's not the, your typical Nurmagomedov. He likes to strike, man. He really does. Move around, spin. Yeah, he moves around, throws a lot of crazy shit. He's explosive. I. Uh, I wonder what the. I, I'm very curious to see what this fight's gonna look like. I'm gonna take Nurmagomedov inside the distance, uh, plus two hundred. So. It's not bad. I think he can hurt him in some way. I just think uh, at some point he's going to make Martinez uncomfortable on the feet and Martinez is going to make a mistake and he's going to get caught in one of those guillotines or something like that. So that's where my thinking is here. Um, Jonathan Martinez is good, though. I don't I don't like this bet. So uh, out there, just, you know, maybe you might want to stay away, but uh, I'm taking it. I can't, can't let it uh, go by. So Vitor Petrino. I don't know why this is on the main card, but I guess this Petrino guy looks like a fucking savage just based off of his picture. I think I saw him fight on the Contender Series. I, uh, if I'm not mistaken, he went to... Yes, I do remember this. He went to war yeah, with this Bellotto guy. Yeah. This Bellotto guy was throwing nukes, and he has a sick, sick sleeve tattoo, by the way. Uh, he's fighting a man named Anton Turkaj. Turkali. Turkali? Is that it? Is that an I? I believe it's, a J? it's, it's not, but I believe yeah, it's the Pleasure Man. Oh, that's right. Who can forget the Pleasure Man? I remember here. Oh, that's right. They fed him the Jolton. I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> they fed him to our boy. <laughs> on short notice. Oh, that um, poor guy. I mean, he got murked. So now he's yeah, getting back that in there. Wasn't even the prime. Jelton, that was like, let me make my uh, 215 pound heavyweight debut. Jelton Almeida. <laughs> yeah, listen, the pleasure man. He, uh, but to get on the contender series, he had a spinning back fist knockout in 13 seconds against a, name, a man named Constantine. He used to work with a man named Constantine at a factory. Um, I swear to God, <laughs> I'm not even joking. Was that him? No, yeah, but he was Ukrainian. I don't know if it was. Let me see. Actually, let me look. This guy. No, it, I mean, it kind of looks like this guy, but this guy is from where Kazakhstan. Hey, you know. Who knows? But let me get the odds up, ladies and gentlemen, since uh, these web pages are very slow. Uh, I like that. Petrino at minus 110, 
Turkaji, Turkali, whatever. The Pleasure Man is going to be how I call him. They're both just minus 110. I guess I'll ask you, Ty. What do you like here? Um, I don't know. I don't know. They, we haven't seen much on either of them. What, they both have, what, one contender, uh, contender series fight? And Turkali has one UFC fight, and even then, it wasn't. Yeah, I know it went four and a half minutes, but it was pretty much him getting uh, smashed. Welcomed. Yeah. Uh, what else? What other? Uh, crucified. Yeah. Smoked. Baptized. Cooked. <laughs> I like that one. Four minutes and 14 seconds of control time for Jailton Almeida in that fight. Uh, I mean, you know, three takedowns, two sub attempts. At least he lasted, you know, a little bit, I guess, for Turkali, right? I mean, he didn't, didn't know what he was in for. Um, Petrino's weird. So the guy he fought in the contender series, he also fought in his pro debut and knocked him out quick. And this one went longer. Kind of gives me pause because he's fought, you know, nobody. And he he doesn't look, you know, he, I, I guess I can see why people like him. He's a big, he's a power striker. He goes for it. But he doesn't have really cardio, any cardio or grappling at all. He, and he got dropped by that Bellato dude. So he kind of went life and death with life and death with him. Um he was able. He, the guy got a takedown and a knockdown. I think I. I don't know. Anton Turkali is very reckless as a striker, from what I've seen. Um, a little awkward too, the way he moves. Like I can see him getting clipped, but I think he's the better, way much, much better wrestler. He got eleven takedowns on his contender series fight. I don't know who that. Uh, I don't know if that Dos Santos guy is any good, but uh, you know, when you compare what he did to what uh, Petrino did on the contender series, I think uh, I'm much more impressed with Turkali. I guess people just see. Petrino, he's he's jacked. He hits hard, throws a lot of different strikes, kicks, punches, everything. But he doesn't have much gas, and he doesn't have takedown defense, and split right down the middle. I think just for that reason, I'm going to take Turkali inside the distance. I think he's going to sub him or uh, ground a pound in the second, third, maybe even the first. I don't know. Uh, it might just be about who gets to their spot quicker. Who gets to, you know does Turkali get to the wrestling before Petrino gets his, gets his uh, striking off? You know, enough to negate the wrestling where he hurts Turkali. I don't know. Um, you know, every fight starts standing, but I'm going to trust Turkali. I think he, you know, seems like a smart guy going for all those takedowns in the contender series. He knows what, what he has to do. He couldn't really do that against Jelton Almeida. I mean, there's really no game plan against Jelton Almeida, you know? So uh, I'm going to I'm gonna take him. Oh, this is tough, but <clears throat> I'm going to take... Mr. Petrino by TKO plus one ninety. All right. I know. I know. I said I wasn't going to do this anymore because of how many times I've been burned by the club and sub. I just don't think that's going to happen here. If he if he wins, he's going to knock him the fuck out. And if not, I think you're right. He's just going to wrestle fuck him and eventually get him out of there. And he's just going to quit. But uh, give me Bobby Petrino TKO plus one ninety. So. There we go. Uh, there's there's the main card. So the, interesting that they think this is going to be a banger if this is on the main card. Uh, on Tapology, I don't know if that's actually accurate, um, but I usually trust Tapology, and sometimes they just change it the week or the day before. Lukas Brzezki, Brzezki. That's one of your favorites against Carl Williams here. Uh, now we start to get into the uh, the depth of what's going on here. Uh, Carl Williams from the Virgin Islands. He is coming off of his contender series against win against what? That's right. I'm sorry, who? That's right. Jimmy Lawson. Jimmy Lawson. I know everyone out there. Greedy Jimmy Lawson, who's four and two on his career. 
he he's getting in there against uh, Lukas Brzezinski. So uh, the bull, the bull. Uh, so who do you like here? I don't really. I don't know if I'm going to take this one. This one seems like a stay away. Carl Williams is a minus two fifty favorite. Yeah, I guess. I guess the thing here is Carl Carl Williams to the Virgin Islands flag. He's yeah. from Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, there's this one guy who uh, I listen to. Half the battle is his podcast YouTube channel. Dan Love, you good guy, knows his shit. He's from Atlanta. He said he watched this guy Carl Williams fight as an amateur and thought he was. There's no way he would ever make it to the UFC. So I guess he's come a long way. Uh, he lost a, a fellow named Jason Butcher in the regional scene. Um, yeah, you know he hasn't really beaten anybody, but I guess in the contender series he did get a lot of wrestling off, a bunch of takedowns. And if you look at his record, it's a, it's a lot of decisions. You see that on the regional scene from a heavyweight, I think that implies that he's maybe not that he's not very good, but maybe he's just not UFC level. I mean, if you're a heavyweight, it shouldn't be that hard to finish regional scene heavyweights. You know what I mean? Um, he was kind of just going for takedowns and, and position and didn't doesn't really get off much striking. I don't know. I don't, I don't think this Brescia guy's anything special, really, but um, he, he did he, he did beat in my opinion, uh, Martin Budai, for what it's worth. I think that was a that was a robbery. Uh, I remember watching that. I thought, honestly, he, you know, I know that he got tired quick, but he still had like a second wind, it seemed like, in, in the later rounds. He was still, be able, uh, still being able to get some some uh, striking off at, at distance. I think he's a little awkward, Brzezinski, but he is tough. He's bigger, he's stronger, I think. Um, he got suspended. Before he got to the UFC, so I think you know he was on he was on the stuff. Nice. He will. Um, I don't know. I, I feel like this Carl Williams guy screams bump. Yeah. I don't know why. He's older. Uh, he's getting to the UFC at thirty three. Doesn't have many finishes. Yep. Um, I think I'm going to take a shot on uh, on Lucas Brzezinski at plus one ninety money line. I, I don't you know I don't want to fuck around with the finish or anything. Um, you know, maybe it's a bad decision. Maybe it's an ugly decision. I'm not too sure. I just don't think this this Carl Williams dude should be a big favorite against a guy who at least should have won um, his last, his fight in the UFC. But like I said, the judges uh, they just they they weren't a fan of him. I don't know. So this guy got suspended for the juice or something along those lines uh, for his contender series. That's why it's a no contest against Dylan Potter. I guess that's. Um... Dylan Big Papa Potter. How about that, man? That's a crazy name. And his only fight in the UFC was a loss to Martin Boudet, which is... That's concerning. That's definitely concerning. But Brzezinski seems like a smaller... Robbery. You thought it was a robbery? Yeah, easily. Okay. Um, I'm going to go... I'm going to go with you. I'm going to go Moneyline. Brzezinski. I just think... I just, I'm with you. I, I, there's something about when I look at this guy's page and when I remember that contender series fight, it just screams, this guy shouldn't be here. And how many times have we seen these guys show up in the UFC and one guy's making his debut and the other guy's fighting for the second time and the other guy like looks so much better in his second fight than he did in his first fight. And I, I have a feeling we could get a um, master class from Mr. Brzezinski. <laughs> so... Money if line. this guy doesn't get takedowns, I'm sure he's probably fucked. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know. I don't know how else to describe it. People have, have seen him fight, didn't think he was that great. He's older. I, I don't know. You know, again, Mr. Brzezinski is probably not a world beater. Uh, 
And I'm sure, you know, he's going he's gonna to play himself into a situation where he is on his back. So he's just going to have to get up. And um, we're going to see some sloppiness in the in the feature prelim leading into the main card. Yeah. You could say that again. Rafael Sunsau and Davey Grant are fighting underneath these guys, which that just goes to tell you everything you need to know. Mr. Sunsau, I, I, as far as I know, is the underdog. Plus yeah. 115, 120. Davey Grant minus 140. Uh, I really want to take a shot at the Sunsau here. Uh, do you think that is a wise choice? I was thinking about it. I was thinking about it as well, but he does. He just doesn't do he do much. He doesn't do enough He's for me. So bad recently, man. I mean, you know, they're both old, but I think he's shown his age uh, a yeah. little bit more. I mean, he has he has a lot more fights. If you look at you know who he's beat and what he's done, it speaks for itself. You know, uh, he was born in 1982, so so I think. Also, I think Davy Grant won that Yanez fight. I think I don't know if he was robbed, but I, I do thought I do think he won. I think he's probably the the play here, right? He's he's not young, but I guess he's still he's still hitting hard. He's still more active. He can take a shot. I don't know if it's outside of like a you know a bomb. I don't really know. I don't know if Sunset's going to get it done. I kind of wanted to take him. I don't really trust uh, trust his grappling. He's you know low takedown accuracy. Doesn't do much of it anymore. Uh, man, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna stay away. You know, again, they're both 37 plus, probably both on their way out. I know Davy Grant should be on a two fight winning streak, and he did also fight Cheeto before that, and he had a three fight winning streak before that fight. So, good journeyman. Both both have had pretty good careers. Uh, if this was like a year or two ago, I think I might have taken a sunset out, but he's getting older, quick. Um. Yeah, and I think if he stands and trades with Davey Grant, it might, it might get bad for him. Possibly. Davey Grant hits hard, um, even though he does kind of throw from weird angles, kind of awkward striker. But, yeah, I'm going to stay away. I am going to take my biggest shot down the field of the year. Uh-oh. I am going to take a Sun South submission plus 900. Wow. Uh, okay, I love it. I just I, – I'm not really, you know, thrilled with this. But I feel like he could pull some shit out. Hasn't had a submission since uh, know, 2013. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> when we were on Fuel TV 10 against Vaughn Lee. I believe Vaughn Lee was a kid I knew when I was younger. He got arrested for stealing his grandma's car. Um, <laughs> I believe that was his name. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to be honest. Scratch that from the record. I'm not, I'm not taking that. that. There's a reason it's plus nine. Time out. Time out. The, the play clock's drawn dead. I got to call a timeout. Yeah, call That's a fair. timeout. I'd... Mr. Vaughn Harvey Lee was 14 and 14. 14 and 14. Sorry. So. I guess you got to go for the submission. <laughs> he was British, time. and Davy Grant's British. Maybe he does it again. I don't know. I'm going to take the sub plus 900. I'm <laughs> I can see it because if it hits, I'll be it. so dis- I'll also be so sick. And who knows? Who knows? I'm, I'm, I'm going to hope Davy Grant get, catches himself into some bullshit. Davy Grant. The only reason I took it, or I the, I am taking it, is because Davy Grant's been subbed, you know, more than once. That's all I need. You know, Chris Holdsworth, Damian Stasiak, Manny Bermudez. These are all guys who have subbed him. So you know, Manny Bermudez subbed him in under a minute with a triangle choke. So I got you know. I'm hoping that he. It, it feels a little bit of power and shoots a takedown in there, and maybe you know Sun Sal pulls a little bit of that Brazilian jiu-jitsu that he knows out. So I guess we'll sure. see. 
Here's your boy. This is your favorite fighter on the on the card uh, coming up here. Cedricus Dumas. Dumas. Dumbass. No, no, no. That's not his name. So, uh, he's fighting Josh Fremd. I know we, we have talked about on this podcast. Uh, he'll be on next week. The begins. Uh, I'm just kidding. He will not begins. be on next week. He decimated Treshawn Gore. And uh, should have gotten finished by Anthony Fluffy Hernandez, but he did not. I'm sorry. He lost to Treshawn Gore. He lost to Treshawn Gore. That's right. I'm sorry. Who did Treshawn Gore get decimated by? Um, Josh, um, Cody Brundage. Right. That's that, that was an evisceration if I've ever seen one. But <laughs> had those two white gentlemen mixed up. Let's let's get back to the uh, let's get back to the the regular schedule program. Uh, Dumas is a minus two ten favorite. Josh Fred is a plus one seventy five underdog. What do you like here, Mister Capone? I see a Dumas inside inside the distance is minus one twenty. His TKO is plus two oh five. Yeah, um, he was supposed to fight Abu Azaitar, which would have been probably a tougher fight. I think captain morocco even though he's a little he's a bit older um so it's a, uh, i guess friend coming on, sh- on short notice i don't know i see a lot of people are betting him even though the money you know the odds are going up and up on dumas dumas uh the one thing about dumas is i don't i just don't know what he's you know who he's beaten and who he's fought uh the guy in the contender series he came into that fight as an underdog dumas did oddly enough um and he pretty much, you know, all, all his fights end early. So I think, you know, if it gets extended, he might be, he might be in some trouble. Uh, Josh Fremd has fought, like you said, Treshawn Gore. He went the distance with Fluffy. That was a pretty. He, he looked pretty good in that fight. He fought Greg Rodriguez in the regional scene. He got smoked, but uh, that's some pretty good experience. He's a big boy, man. I didn't realize how big he is. Six four. Yeah, he is the big ins. Um, Dumas has a three inch reach advantage. I think he's probably the better striker, but. Uh, I think Friend has a clear wrestling and grappling advantage. I'm not sure what to do here. Um, I see a lot of people taking a shot on Josh Friend. Um, so I'm going to stay away. I want to take Dumas inside the distance. I see it now. I want to kind of kind of want to take Friend. I'm going to stay away because I don't. There's a lot I don't know about both guys. Honestly, Friend has I think taken. I think the the not the Gore the the, the Gore fight got canceled and then rebooked. And I think the Fluffy fight he came in late notice also to make his debut. So I, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen with Dumas if he gets extended through the first. He seems very interesting, but a lot of people are on him. A lot of people are hyping him up, talking about the next big prospect comparing him to Jamal Hill. I don't see that at all. Um, so I'm going to stay away, sadly. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to predict Dumas to get a first-round finish. I could definitely – yeah, like that's the thing. Like I could definitely see Friend shooting a takedown and getting caught in a sub. That's why it's minus 120, and both the TKO and submission are kind of pretty close. Plus 300 for submission, plus uh, 205 for the TKO. I would just say that a lot of his finishes... I mean, I mean, I just think he's not going to want to get into extended uh, grappling situations with Josh Fryman. Like you said, you mentioned the Fluffy fight. He comported himself pretty well in that. Uh, Fluffy could have gotten... The finish or gone for the finish a couple times, but I think Fluffy respected this guy's grappling enough where he didn't want to end up on the bottom of this guy because he's like you said he's fucking massive, and he was a little. I mean, there was a couple times where he could have jumped on a guillotine or he was trying to lock this Darson. I I remember um, there being a couple situations where he was, you know, I remember being angry at him because he didn't really go for it, 
but it was more of the fact that it probably respected Josh Ram's ground game a little, you know, little maybe a little too much, but enough where he didn't want to end up on the bottom. So even has uh, a bit, bit of control himself. Yeah, Josh uh, I think he just got guillotined, and Dumas is coming off a guillotine win. A lot of people are saying, well, you know, that it's just going to happen again. I mean, it could, but um, I think I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to go TKO. That is my prediction, and that's what I'm putting on my card plus two hundred five. I um, I'm just going to count on this guy being the next big thing, basically. And you know, he has the uh, let me say, yeah, he has the reach advantage, right, by about three, you know, a little under three inches. Uh, height is not the you know same, but I'm just going to count on the. I'm I'm just going to take a shot here and hope this guy is what they say he is. How about Mario Bautista and Guido Canetti? Guido Canetti has been the a thorn in the Shoulder Strikes MMA podcast side for the last couple times this guy's been out there. I mean, he has killed me, especially. Uh, his last win was against Randy Costa. He, we, we definitely took Randy Costa. That was the night we, we turned our back on Randy Costa. We were done with him. I even, I'm pretty sure I took Moutinho in, 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 when he fought uh, Chris Moutinho, Probably. which was dumb. And, uh, you know, he has a loss to Mana Martinez, Donna Bakari, uh, which makes no sense why that's his way they say it. But, you know, he was subbed by um, Cheeto Vera. I mean, this guy, how old is he now? That's right, ladies and gentlemen. 43. You it. He is 43, about to be 44 the turning this year. Guido Ninja Canetti. He's fighting Mario Bautista. I, I like Mario Bautista. Uh, when was the last time he was out there, though? Okay, November. Got an arm bar against Benito Lopez. Benito Lopez hadn't fought in a while. If that's the, the right guy I'm thinking of, right? Yeah, he was coming off of a three-year layoff before that. So you don't really know what to expect with Mario Bautista. Uh, I remember him getting finished by, what's it called, Trevin Jones. That was a huge upset at the time. Yeah, he was he was beating the shit out of him. For yeah, and then he but, just got caught. Yeah. But what does the line say here? What do we got He's here? Favorite, oh, like my 1100. God, minus 1,100 <laughs> plus 650. Mario Bautista. Bautista inside the distance is minus 300. Uh, Guido Canetti to lose in the first round is minus 110. <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to stay away from this. I don't like anything. Uh, but I think Bautista gets it done. But um, yeah, I'm not, I'm I mean, not Guido, letting Guido get me again. Guido lost or made his debut in 2007. So um, he's he on the Ultimate Fighter Latin America Season 1. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's getting older. He, I mean, he hits hard. He has some power. I think he, you know, Bautista has been clipped before. So, Yo, for, for, the sure. first, for the first round, Kennedy is pretty live. But after that, you know, even then, I think he, he can get finished. Uh, Bautista is bigger, better, stronger, faster, quicker, younger. I mean, every, you know, he has the advantage everywhere. Uh, maybe he doesn't have the power advantage, I guess, if you want to give Mr. Mr. Guido, don't call me Guido, something, an edge here somewhere. But, yeah, I, I don't. I don't really know if there's much of it. I don't know if I trust Batista to be like get the the insta finish. He should, and he probably will, but I don't know if I you know I could see him getting a decision. He's done it before, where uh, the Jake you know he should have got Jake Perrin out of there whenever he wanted to, and he didn't. Same thing with Jin Jin Su Sun. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I think maybe he uh, submits him probably, but I could see anything. Remember he had a flying knee. Yep. Uh, victory. So I could see anything here. Kennedy is short. Not durable. So it should be a evisceration of sorts. I am jumping in. I'm going to take Mario Bautista to win in round two, plus 380. Wow. 
second round guy. Huh? I think yeah. he's going to probably win the first. Like you said, you just labeled it out. Guido is live in the first round. He definitely is. But after that, he the juice runs out pretty quickly. And I'm going to count on him kind of wilting and Mario Bautista getting the upper hand and getting him out of there. So that's that's what I'm taking here. Your girl is getting back in there. J.J. Aldrich. She, she's fighting Ariane <laughs> Lipsky. Girl. My other girl. Yeah, that's your real girl, Ariane, the queen of violence, Lipsky. Who, uh, that's right, the queen of violence? Yeah, she got violated by Priscilla Cachoeira. <laughs> yeah, she got violenced. <laughs> Not domestically either. No, that was a legalized violence. That uh, Priscilla Cachuera, who is one of our uh, favorites on this podcast, she dispatched on her. Lipsky is a plus 310 underdog on this one. Do you like anything here? Uh, no. I mean, I think it's it's that's a big line for J.J. Aldridge. And, uh, you know, I think the, if they strike, I think the striking could be a little bit even-ish. Uh, I think Aldridge is probably better, but, you know, sometimes she's a little slow. Lipsky's at least a pretty good athlete. Uh, I like uh, Aldridge by decision minus one ten. I think that's probably. I'm thinking about if I should play that or not. I think she. The problem is Lipsky can be finished. She's been knocked out four times. Yeah. And if you look at who's knocked her out, Montana De La Rosa, Antonina Shevchenko, Priscilla Cachoeira, and let's see who the other chick is. Diane Firmino, way back in the day. And she had regional scene losses. I mean, I don't. Who is she beating, really? She she beat Diana Belbita Cheese and Marina Marais to get into the UFC. And Silvana Gomez Juarez on the run in KSW. Then she comes to the UFC. She, her only UFC wins are Luana Carolina. I mean, come on. Mandy Baum, come on. And whoever Isabella de Padua is. I don't know who that is. So, I don't know, man. I don't think she's very good. Molly McCann, you know, took her for a ride. Joanne Calderwood at the time when she was Calderwood beat the shit out of her. I, I just think she's a boy. I, I don't know if JJ Aldridge can um, get a finish. I think she should be able to, uh, but she only has two of them. So, and they came, maybe they came a long, long time ago. They weren't even in her UFC career. So, um, give me uh, JJ Aldridge by decision. I think she's going to take her down, control her, win clinch exchanges. I think she's going to stay on the outside, kick her legs. Uh, she, you know, Ariana Lucy's not hard to hit. So I think she's just going to, you know, pretty much win win every uh, every single second of this fight, honestly. Give me a JJ Aldridge inside the distance plus 210. Wow. Yep. Really going opposites here. Yeah, I just, uh, you know, he just said she's been knocked out a lot. And I, I a lot of it, I, when I look, it's ground and pound. Ground and pound. You know, Priscilla knocked her out wherever the fuck she wanted to. And, uh, I mean, four times in her career of her, what, how many losses did she have? Eight. Seven, eight, yeah. Yeah, you know, so. And, you know, she has, the thing is, this fight's probably going to happen on the ground, if I imagine. And she only has, what, one, like, knee bar to Luana Carolina. You know, she has a couple arm bars on the regional scene and stuff like that, but. Yeah, I'll give me uh, give me JJ Aldridge inside the distance. I think a ground and pound is what I'm uh, predicting. But how about ground Victor Henry, Tony Gravely? This is an interesting little uh, fight here. Victor Henry uh, is a guy who you we I mean I personally underestimated in the past, but he's a guy who has a lot of experience. Just you know, 
in multiple different, uh, you know, what's it called, uh, organizations. He's got two wins in Ryzen. Uh, <laughs> when's the last time he was out there was October. He lost to Sunset. That's right. We were just looking at that. I think Barcelos, he was a big-time underdog, and he came out and won that in somewhat dominant fashion. I guess I ask you, what do you think is going to happen? Yeah, fun fact, he's never been finished. Yeah, that's um, right. That's I think we did talk about that. That's right. He used to go, if you look at his regional scene, he would go everywhere and fight all these guys. He would go to Brazil to fight Brazilians. He would go to Russia to fight Russians. It didn't matter. Uh, he did lose to his son, Sal. <clears throat> I just don't, I don't know about Tony Greatly. You know, I think he's a pretty good wrestler. I think he can get some takedowns and maybe, you know, win some parts of the beginning portion of this fight, but... He has a lot of quit in him. He doesn't have good cardio. You know, once he gets tired, I think he's, he's looking for a way out. Nate Maness, that fight was not not great. Bostrot, no shame in losing to him. He's he's a he's a stud. But Brett Johns choked him out quick. Patchy Mix, way back in the day in the regional scene, choked him out. Manny Bermudez, talking about him earlier. He actually fought Ricky Ricky Bendejas and he got subbed in that one also in CFFC. I just don't think he's a very smart fighter. He gives up his back a lot. Um, I don't know what to take here. Honestly, I think I think Henry's got the volume. I think he's got the cardio. Um, I think he probably wins Ooh. wins big. I think he might get a might get a finish here. I yeah. know he's only minus one thirty eight inside the distance. Kinda... Is plus two seventy five. Yeah. On, um, uh, bet three six five. Shout out to bet three six five. They always got fat lines. I, I feel like Victor Henry's due. Do for a letdown, so I don't know, but I'm gonna take him inside the distance with you, if, if that's what you're feeling. Hell yeah! Plus like two seventy five for the boys. Uh, you know, I I stopped. I said, oh, I'm not gonna bet that much today, and then here I am. I have like nine plays on the card so far, and uh, you know we're an hour into this podcast, and I'm just pumping them out still. How about it? How about it, ladies and gentlemen? This is what you come here for. Tyson Nam, Bruno Silva. Tyson Nam is a guy who has been in some wars. You can definitely say that. Uh, I am looking for the line here. I always, when I have this stuff up, plus 160, 170 for Mr. Nam. Bruno Gustavo de Silva is minus 210, 190. Uh, I know I keep saying it, but I don't like anything. And then I look and I'm like, well, actually, you know, I kind of do like this, but. Uh, you know, he's coming off of a decimation of Odie Osborne. That, that is Tyson Nam. Mr. Silva, I believe, is coming off of a win. Yes, he's coming off a win against Victor Rodriguez and another win against J.P. Bays. Don't call me Velismus. Uh, he has, you know, before that he had a couple losses to Dvorak and Ulanbekov. Do you know what happened with that Khalid Taha fight? He gets suspended or something? Taha... Or Taha. Got suspended. Got suspended. He uh, arm tri- I think he arm triangle. Arm triangle. Yeah, in the third yeah, round. Yeah. So, I guess I I don't really know what to take here or what I like. I mean, Bruno Silva is the big time favorite, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean Tyson Nam's old. You know, was he thirty nine about to turn forty? Uh, Bruno Silva is one of Henry Cejudo's main training partners. He is short. He's like five three, five four, some shit like that. Um, I you know. Tyson Nam hits hard. He's pretty good early. After that, though, I don't, I don't really think there's anything in 
that he has for Bruno Silva. He lost a split to Matt Schnell. Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't like anything here really at all. I don't, I don't know how much trust I have in Bruno Bulldog Silva. Yeah. I used to like him. I did like him when you know, he was first getting his, uh, his run. Um, but then he, you know, the Dvorak and Ullenbeckoff fight, they were both tough. I just don't know how much stock I have in his wins. Same with Tyson Nam. I don't know how much stock I have in his wins either. I know Oda Osborne has a lot of hype behind him. But uh, I don't know if that was a fluke. But it was, uh, you know, Ode Osborne kept kept doing these stupid jump knees, and then he got countered perfectly. So uh, Tyson Nam can hit. He can crack. I mean, how many uh, knockouts does he have? 13. So um, he's not a good minute re- uh, minute winner, round winner. He's got nine decision losses. So yeah, I'll take Silva. Um, he, he has a bunch of different ways that he wins. So I don't really know. I don't think I have a uh, a strong play here at all. So I'm gonna just pass pass it up. Yeah, there's not really a lot of options here to play, especially now. This kind of one of the the lower these fights are on the card, the less options they have on Thursdays or something. If you can get, uh, you know, Silva maybe inside the distance at around plus two hundred. I'm seeing plus one sixty five. I don't really, I don't really, I don't trust this uh, that much. I, I do. I want to fade Tyson Nam. I really do. But like you said, he hits hard, man. So that's like the ultimate equalizer and. Now, what is Bruno Silva's path to victory? It's just basically hoping that Tyson Nam folds. And Nam hasn't been finished since when, you know? I mean, 2013 against Marlon Marais, and that was a different Marlon Marais then. So, Word. like you said, it's very possible he loses a uh, decision. Um, he's not a minute winner. But I'm going to stay away from this. Sure, Carlson Harris, Jared Gooden, first fight of the night. Last fight we're going to talk about. Uh, Jared Gooden's a two plus two forty underdog. Uh, Jared Gooden is replacing Abubakar Nurmagomedov. Uh, I don't like anything on here, to to be honest. I I, I want to uh, bet Mr. Gordon, but uh, I don't really like Carlston Harris either. Uh, but I guess if you can get Carlston inside the distance, I would. But I don't have it on here, and uh, I might if I see it later on, I might add it to the card. But no, that's. And what was the fight I was thinking about going double back for the Romanov Volkov? No, I don't want anything to do with that. So, uh, yeah, that's it for me. Uh, if you have anything on this last fight, um, yeah, Night Train, Jared Gooden, not to be confused, Jared Gordon. Oh yeah, very conf- yeah, two two Hall of Fame fighters. Yeah, in the no, no, I mean, <laughs> in respects, he's four and one since uh, leaving the UFC, uh, making his return. Uh, I know he got knocked out by Impic Saganai on the regional scene. Not great. Not great, but he does have a couple finishes since then, including a stomp and an injury win. So I don't know if he's really even gotten that much better. The thing about Carlson Harris is he's 35. Um, we haven't seen him fight in, I think, a year plus when he fought Shavkat and got smoked. Uh, he, Funny enough, he has a knockout win over in Pekistagonai. So you know, if you think MMA math works like that, you're probably going to pick him over Jared Gooden. I would pick Jared Gooden. Uh, I think he's a better wrestler. Hits harder. Um, just better overall. I, I I don't really. I've never been a big fan of Carlson Harris. Yeah. Plus he's you know not young, so I I, I assume that Jared Gooden's in his prime. At least he's really been fighting prime, recently. I don't really know what his prime is, but he is only twenty nine. So maybe you know still still learning. This should be his peak. So I think he should probably just get the win. Maybe win the decision. Maybe win the stop. Stop him out. Maybe I don't know. I mean, you have to consider the fact that Carlson hasn't fought in a year. 
Yeah. Uh, and Jared's more active, and that might lead him to a victory. But, you know, I, 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 this isn't something I'm going to go out on a limb and take. So, I, I, if I, just for fun, yeah, I probably would take uh, Mr. Jared Gooden. But, but I'm not going to. And that is UFC Las Vegas. From the Virgin Hotels, ladies and gentlemen. Peter Yan, Marab Davishvili. Do you have any boxing you want to talk about? Yeah, there is a um, there is a one. I don't know if it's one sixty or one fifty four. One fifty four super welterweight, junior middleweight, whatever you want to call it. I think they have a list of super middleweight. Tim Zhu and Tony Harrison are fighting in. I want to say Wales, the land down under. This is supposed to fight be Tim Zhu and Jamal or Jamel Charlo. Uh, I forget what happened to Jamel Charlo. I think he got injured in some way. Uh, Tony Harrison, funny enough, has fought Jamel Charlo. Um, did he fight him twice? No. Yeah, he did fight him twice. He's the only one to beat beat Jamel Charlo. They fought again. Jamel in the eleventh in a fight that was close. Also, um, is Tony Harrison from Philly? Nice from Detroit. That's right. Um, he's plus money, but he is in Mr. Tim Zhu's backyard, which in boxing, very dangerous, yeah. very, very dangerous. We just saw last weekend, a, a terrible scorecard, Correct the right guy won, score. but yeah. So, you know, that it kind of gives me some, some worry here. Tim Zhu's pretty good, but he's more of a you know decision guy. I, I honestly would line this fight. Tony Harrison, a favorite. He's like plus 200. Uh, I might take a shot on him. It's going to be. Saturday night, pretty late, pretty late in the evening. Um, Will that be on television? I believe it's going to be on Showtime. Okay. Um, but it says the card starts at 1045 at night, and uh, just, you know. Uh, Tim Zhu's brother Nikita is going to be fighting on the card, so I don't know. There's Australia boxing, a eh, bit shaky. Uh, Tony Harrison might have to get a knockout here, but it's possible. I mean, you know. He had one of the fights of the year in 2017 against Jared Hurd. Lost, got knocked out. Um, and he, he's been finished before. Jared Hurd, Willie Nelson. Tim Zhu hits hard. Uh, Tony Harrison's getting a little older. So uh, if I had to pick, it would be Tony Harrison plus money. I might have to bet him. He's taller, bigger, hits harder. I don't know if he's quicker, but smarter boxer. Uh, he's a vet. This is for a belt. This is his last chance to really uh, you know, get back into it. Try to get that Charlo uh, trilogy, maybe. So I'm going to go with him. I think he's going to get it done. But judges, Aussie judges, I wouldn't be surprised to see a uh, home cooking. Can it can never absolutely can never be trusted. So, uh, yeah, I'm locked. You know, I'll tell you what, though, I'm locked in. I'm absolutely locked in on this Peter Young fight. I'm very excited. I think we have some good plays on here. You have a total of six plays on the card. Uh, we ha- I have a total of 10, and we got a lot of different stuff on here. I don't think me and you have the same player for anything other than we got Brzezki money line, and we have Henry inside the distance together. So if you want to ride the uh, shoulder strikes MMA boys, uh, ride me, baby, ride me, ride me, uh, you can do that. So ladies and gentlemen, this has been the Shoulder Strikes MMA podcast. We'll be back. Monday or Tuesday, probably Monday, ladies and gentlemen. That's our, our new uh, plan. Monday to review everything that happened, including a Peter Yan decimation and an inside-the-distance victory for him. So thank you for all joining us, and we'll be back next week. 
and a first round knockout for Miss Ariana Lipsky. Hell no. 